Hagiuda Koichi, the policy chief of Japan's ruling Liberal Democratic Party, will come to Taiwan on a three-day visit on December 10th. In addition to attending the Taiwan-Japan Trade Economic Sustainability Forum to be held at the Grand Hotel, he will meet with President Tsai Ing-wen. This is the first such visit in nearly 20 years. The only other Japanese ruling party senior official to visit Taiwan was Aso Taro. Aso visited Taiwan in 2003 when he served as the then policy chief of the LDP. Faced with China's threats and daily military buildup, Japan hopes to strengthen relations with Taiwan through visits by party officials, despite the absence of formal diplomatic ties between the two nations. In addition, Hagiuda had a close relationship with the late Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, who stressed the importance of Taiwan-Japan ties. This trip is intended to show that Hagiuda wants to continue with Abe's will, according to a Japanese news report. With the goal of net zero carbon emissions by 2050, Taiwan's largest steelmaker, CSC, has built the nation's first steel and chemical cogeneration pilot plant. The 200 million NT steelmaking facility is able to capture gases from both a blast furnace and oxygen converter and then channel them directly to a chemical plant to make petrochemicals. The project is the result of collaboration between CSC, the Industrial Technology Research Institute, and the Ministry of Economic Affairs. Once operations begin, an estimated 4,900 tons of carbon emissions can be cut every year. Economics Minister Wang Meihua, ITRI President Edwin Liu, and CSC Chairman Ong Chao Dong were all on stage to unveil Taiwan's first steel and chemical cogeneration pilot plant. The facility makes use of carbon capture utilization technology. In this way, it can reduce up to 4,900 tonnes of carbon emissions annually. Carbon capture, utilization and storage are important technologies. We hope to create a healthy carbon circulation. In the future, the carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide from CSC steel and iron manufacturing processes will be purified here and then sent directly to another plant that produces chemical raw materials. This chemical plant will not need to use any additional raw materials when it churns out new petrochemicals. This does not only lead to a reduction in carbon emissions, but also less dependence on new raw materials. Thus, a crisis of shortage in raw materials can be avoided. The petrochemical plant can use these raw materials without having to import others, so you reduce carbon emissions at both ends at the same time. CSC says the cogeneration pilot plant is a key link on Taiwan's pathway toward carbon neutrality by 2050. It has set 2025 as the target year for demonstration manufacturing and 2040 is the target year for commercial operations. The second stage is to set up a demonstration plant with our petrochemical partners, and the amount of carbon capture will reach 240,000 tons. The third stage is to incorporate the entire petrochemical industry so that all new materials are circulated, and this will achieve an annual carbon reduction of 2.9 million tons. Through cross-industry cooperation, this experiment 
experimental pilot plant will play a key role in the creation of a win-win situation that protects the environment as well as creates new green commercial opportunities. The Zhanghua Roundhouse, the only surviving railway roundhouse in Taiwan, marked its centennial on Sunday. At the celebrations, Premier Su Zhenchang was able to fulfill a childhood dream. Let's find out what it was. I grew up taking the train. After graduating from National Pingdong Senior High School, I always took the train when I went up to Taipei for my studies. The sound of the whistle, the sound of puffing steam, and the smell of burning coal make up the feelings of homesickness. This CK124 train is 11 years older than me. So, in a minute, I will have the honour to climb up into the deputy driver's cab and sit there and pull the whistle. Wow, this has been my childhood dream. Premier Su pulled the whistle again and again with a smile on his face, waving frequently in exultation. Still operational, the Zhanghua Roundhouse is a designated national historic site which marked the junction of the mountain and the coastal lines after the latter's opening in 1922. The Roundhouse played the important role of operating track changes and steering the trains. As site marked its 100th anniversary, Premier Su urged the Taiwan Railways Administration to engage in vigorous reforms and not dash the expectations of the people. Norwegian athlete Gustav Eden rose to fame in Taiwan a few years ago after winning the Ironman 70.3 World Championship in 2019 while wearing a cap issued by a temple in Zhanghua. After attracting a flurry of attention online, the athlete visited the temple and was made honorary citizen of Zhanghua County. He has now made another visit to Taiwan to explore the country, compete in a triathlon and show the world the wonders of Taiwan. Our very own Stephanie Yang has the details. Hello, ni hao. Ni hao. <laughs> it's so, so cool to be back here in, uh, in Taiwan. Greeting the Taiwanese media and fans warmly, this is Gustav Eden, the 2022 Ironman World Champion and a two-time winner of the Ironman 70.3 World Championship. In 2019, he became famous in Taiwan after winning the Ironman 70.3 World Championship in Nice, France, wearing a hat with the name of a Taiwanese temple in Zhanghua. Eden had found the hat in Tokyo and believed that it would bring him luck. Uh, it's been an amazing few years ever since I found the hat and it's truly changed my life. Special feeling when I take it on and it's also really special to see others wearing it because it makes me aware that uh, I actually have an influence on other people so it made me realize that I have to to do good, not only do like a good performance but uh, behave in a way that uh, is respected by others. So when I put on the hat, I am actually really aware that uh, I'm representing not only myself and Norway, but also representing Taiwan. Eden says he's happy to see other people wearing the hat and that when he wears it, he not only represents Norway, but also Taiwan. (laughs) Many fans in Taiwan were excited to meet Eden. Some even biked all the way from Taipei to Zhanghua to get their own hat just like his. We had a group of five friends. We went to from Taipei, cycling all the way to Zhanghua. 
to give us that. We did it all one day. So about 230 kilometers. Uh, here to see the, the two world champions just because I, uh, I do triathlon, we all do triathlon. And, um, yeah, we really enjoy, you know, that they come to Taiwan. And I, was, I was with them in, in Utah and uh, because they are so fast, so I couldn't get an autogram from them and take a picture with them. That's why I came today. Yeah, I have a hat from, from Utah where they were racing and I hope I... <laughs> no, no, no. I like this hat, so I hope they're going to sign it. I'm just uh, hoping that I can steal some of their speed from them. And maybe get some of their good luck and fortune. And maybe get some uh, uh, training tips. Yeah. And then tell them about how awesome Taiwan is. And, and I hope that they can come back more often and train here. Because Taiwan really is a perfect triathlon training country. After his solo visit in 2019, this time Eden brought with him another triathlon champion to Taiwan, Christian Blumenfeld. Blumenfeld is a Norwegian triathlete and Olympic and world champion gold medalist. During their stay, they tried local delicacies, including stinky tofu and oyster omelets. I think there's actually nothing we haven't tried. I feel, <laughs> I feel we've been going through everything, as you can see on the pictures. Uh, yeah. The highlight might be the stinky tofu. Stinky tofu, chow tofu. Because now I know that I can eat everything. Uh, Taiwan has become like my second country and I'm... Uh, amazed every time I see some news from Taiwan and it's so cool to be back here and uh, last time I was here I was actually made honorary citizen of Shanghua County and it's uh, yeah it's unbelievable how far sports can take you I never dreamed of uh, yeah this when I started triathlon career it was mostly because I love training but uh, to experience the culture here in Taiwan it's been yeah unbelievable so uh, yeah, thank you so much to all the Taiwanese people. As an honorary citizen of Zhanghua County, Eden traveled to Taiwan to explore more of the country and let more people know about its beauty. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Jianwei in Taipei. As the white paper revolution sweeps across China and protesters call for Chinese leader Xi Jinping to step down, Taiwan on Sunday launched its own supporting rally. Approximately 100 Taiwanese citizens, including Li Mingzhe, who was imprisoned for five years in China for subverting state power, congregated at Taipei's Liberty Square. Let's hear from Li. When there's a democratic movement by the people of another country to resist authoritarianism, as a human being you should support it. In this case, the country is so close to us and claims every day that it will invade Taiwan by force. After being imprisoned in China for five years, I'm deeply convinced that China's laws are not designed to protect the rights and interests of the people, but to protect the will of the ruler. I hope that the people of China will one day be able to enjoy basic human rights and other basic rights, and that their various rights and interests will not be taken away due to unreasonable or unscientific epidemic prevention measures. The director of the DPP's Lianjiang County chapter, Li Wen, flew in from the outlying island of Matsu to join the rally. 
In a gesture of support, participants held up letter-sized paper, just as Chinese protesters have done in the white power paper revolution to protect human rights. Today in our Spotlight series, we meet a multidisciplinary artist from Hong Kong named Kong Ching Hei. He is now in Taiwan holding an exhibition titled Absent-Minded. Kong created works inspired by his life and observations in Hong Kong over the past two years. Our reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Kong to find out more. I uh, use the chemicals to remove the lumbers and the uh, Walking into the exhibition, visitors are greeted by a corridor paved with small weight scales. But if you look closely, the numbers have been removed. This is Kong's work called Feedback. He spent about a month making 112 small scales. Kong says this work represents the anxiety that many people felt during COVID restrictions. So this time in the show, I've uh, made some 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 works which is uh, more about uh, like calculation and calculating system and and but I would you I would uh, kind of like hollow out uh, some important information uh, to let the the, uh, the audience when they pass by or they walk on it and have some anxiety feeling. This is another piece by Kong titled Turn It Into Its Own Loop. Kong drew a series of different tangled wires in hopes of bringing to light the many problems that are left unaddressed in the world. So this, in this show I have like 10 pieces of drawings and um, the, the, uh, what, what, what I drew is like uh, uh, some messy cables and power cords in, in my uh, studio and but I use the same uh, like the cables, uh, but I change it into different shapes and then I try to draw it very carefully. Yeah, so I think it's more like some, I refer it to like uh, just like some the same questions or the same problems, but just when they change into different forms and uh, it will be kind of like a new pictures. Another installation is lights around the room that switch off and on when someone walks by. So in this show, I have like a, a light uh, interaction system, and and it has a, a sensor, ultrasonic sensors, and but I put the sensors and the lights in a different way. So the audience, when they when they uh, pass by, they don't know what which lights that they will turn off, and so it become uh, quite a strange situation because you have you haven't done anything, but the lights suddenly that one or two may turn off. It's because someone passed by but not you. And somehow I think in this kind of uh, strange situation, I mean, uh, like everything seems like urgent. And, and if you like do something, you think at that moment it's like a casual decision, but somehow you turn, kind of like you turn down something in the future or turn down something in like a corner that you, you, you never know. So I think so that's somehow the feeling I have in Hong Kong. Yeah. So I put make it like become a installation to, to relate to this. Kong graduated from the Fine Arts Department of the Chinese University of Hong Kong in 2009. He lives and works in Hong Kong as a multidisciplinary artist. Throughout his career, he has experimented with a variety of mediums such as painting, installations, videos and sound. 
Kong is currently in Taiwan, exhibiting some of his newest works that are inspired by his life, events, and observations from 2020 to 2022. The exhibition explores self-restoration and self-reflection through a variety of interactive installations. Uh, so the show is called Absent Mind, and uh, I think because of the restriction and some uh, strange policy in Hong Kong to me, and, and I think the, the way that I live and uh, how I to per- perceive the things, I use this kind of like, uh, attitude like to, to, to try to rethink about what is important or uh, essential, so I, I can try to tune myself in a different way of living. I would like to, to make the, the works more, with more sense of humor and something is more like an isolated feeling. So, um, so I think this, uh, this time the exhibition is uh, the, 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 what, what, like what I think in these two years. Kong hopes to continue to express his thoughts and observations through art. Kong's pieces will be exhibited at the TKG Plus Gallery till January 7th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Liang Junle in Taipei. While the weather in the northern regions became noticeably cooler on Sunday as cold air from the north descended on the island, the coldest periods during this wave are forecast to be in the early hours of Monday and Tuesday when lows in the northern regions are expected to average 17 degrees. It'll warm up a little on Wednesday before a second wave of cold air arrives on Thursday. This will send the mercury plunging again to 16 degrees. While the central and southern regions won't be affected as much, the CWB says residents there should expect large temperature swings between daytime and nighttime. Saturday's slightly warmer temperatures proved to be ephemeral as the mercury dropped again on Sunday. The island's plains saw temperatures of 20 degrees. The current drop in temperatures is just the first of two waves of cold air that will arrive this week. The first wave started to pick up today and will affect us on Monday and Tuesday. On Wednesday, the northeast monsoon will weaken a little and temperatures will bounce back a little. But after Thursday, there will be another wave of the northeast monsoon. This next wave will likely be stronger and temperatures could drop to 16 or 17 degrees. The first wave of the northeast monsoon already started to make itself felt on Sunday. The forecaster says Taiwan's northern and eastern regions, particularly in Jilung and along the north coast and mountainous regions in Greater Taipei and Yilan, will be prone to localised heavy rains on Monday and Tuesday. Temperatures in northern Taipei will dip to as low as 17 degrees as a result of this first wave of cold air. On Wednesday, the northeast monsoon will weaken and the weather will warm up. However, on Thursday, another wave of the northeast monsoon will arrive and its influence will last into the weekend. The northern regions could see lows of 16 and 17 degrees. Even though this will only have a minor impact on the central and southern regions, the CWB reminds the public to pay attention to temperature swings between daytime and nighttime. The change in rainfall patterns won't be very great. People in the northern and eastern regions should watch for the possibility of rainfall this coming week. Rainfall on Wednesday will taper off. 
However, people in the northeastern regions that are on the island's windward side, along with Geelong and the north coast, should watch for heavy rain. Daytime temperatures in the central and southern regions could reach 25 or 26 degrees. So in the coming week, people in the southern and central regions should watch for nighttime and daytime temperature shifts. The gap between the two waves of cold air won't feel obvious. Northern Taiwan will get the brunt of the northeast monsoon all week. As the CWB's Director-General, Zheng Mingdian, wrote on Facebook, we're already into a Taipei winter.